and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we will be looking at the 1973 film Robin Hood. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film, or giving a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts, but rather giving our impressions of the overall film and the songs from the film. We will also be giving a score to the film and ranking the songs, so grab some popcorn, sit back, and enjoy this episode. Robin Hood is a 1973 American animated adventure musical comedy film produced by Walt Disney Productions, and released by Buena Vista Distribution. Based on the English folktale of the same name, with the characters reimagined as anthropomorphic animals. Produced and directed by Wolfgang Reithman, it is the 21st Disney animated feature film, and is the first entirely quote-unquote post-Walt animated feature, meaning after Walt Disney passed. The story follows the adventures of Robin Hood, Little John, and the inhabitants of Nottingham as they fight against the excessive taxation of Prince John and Robin Hood wins the hand of Maid Marian. The idea to adapt Robin Hood into an animated feature was dated back to Walt Disney's interest in the tale of Reynard the Fox. They, these are several late Middle Ages uh, tales about an anthropomorphic fox who tricks other anthropomorphic animals. During the theatrical release of his first full-length feature production, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, the idea was initially shelved until writer and producer Ken Anderson incorporated ideas from it in a pitch of the Legend of Robin Hood using anthropomorphic animals rather than humans during the previous production of the Aristocats. Robin Hood premiered at Radio City Music Hall on November 8, 1973. The film was a commercial success. While it initially met positive reviews by film critics who praised the voice animation, excuse me, who praised the voice cast, animation, and humor, its critical reception became gradually mixed since its release. Despite this, the film has garnered a cult, a cult following and has become a Disney fan favorite over the years. During its initial release, Robin Hood earned $9.6 in rentals in the United States and Canada and grossed over $18 million in foreign territories, which was at the time a Disney record for worldwide rentals of $27.5 million. The film has earned a lifetime gross in the United States and Canada between $32 and $35 million across two, its two releases. The film was first released on VHS, CED, Betamax, and Laserdisc, on December, do you think anyone knows what, like, do you think anyone's gone back to our earlier episodes and know, knows why I say Laserdisc like that? I don't know. Maybe I should stop doing it. I don't think we're going to have much more Laserdiscs coming up, but for... If, if, I feel like we will, because Toy Story was on Laserdisc, and we're nowhere near Toy Story. Oh, wow. I didn't know. You know, it's. I had to look up what CED was, and it's these big, giant records that only RCA made. Like, do you remember RCA, the company? Yeah. Like the And you had to have an RCA player and an RCA TV for it to play on. Evidently, the quality was excellent, but they could get scratched very easily. I, I watched uh, someone loading one in, and you took the whole cassette that it came in, shoved that into the player, then it ejected the cover back out, and then it would start playing the film and everything like that. And you, they could break it up like DVDs where you could skip to certain chapters and stuff, but... It, it was a technology that fell by the wayside. But um, as I was saying, the film was first released on VHS, CED, Betamax, and Laserdisc on December 3rd, 1984, 
becoming the, de the debut installment of the Walt Disney Classics home video line. Disney had thought the idea of releasing any of its animated classics, known then as the Untouchables, might threaten future theatrical reissue revenue. However, Robin Hood was viewed as the first choice since it was not held in, in such high esteem as some of the other titles. The VHS counterpart was re-released re several times. The release went into moratorium on April, or in April of 1987. Four years after the moratorium, it was reissued as a, uh, a permanent avail availability title until July 12, 1991. The film was re-released on VHS six more times, October 28, 1994, March 3, 1995, February 28, 1996, July 15, 1997, March 31, 1998, and July 13, 1999 in the Walt Disney Masterpiece Collection line. In January 2000, Walt, Di Walt Disney Home Video launched the Gold Classic Collection. Six months later, Robin Hood was re-released on VHS and DVD in the line on July 4, 2000, and remained in stock until spring of 2006. The DVD contained the film in its 1.33 to 1 aspect ratio, and was accompanied with, a special feature, uh, with special features including a trivia game and the cartoon short Ye Olden Days. The remastered Most Wanted Edition DVD, special edition in the UK, was released on November 28, 2006 in a 16 to 9 um, mattered transferred to represent its original, original theatrical screen ratio. It also featured a deleted scene slash alternate ending of Prince John attempting to kill a wounded Robin Hood. On August 6, 2013, the film was released as the 40th anniversary edition on a Blu-ray combo pack. The film was nominated for the Academy uh, was nominated in the Academy Awards for Best Song, Love, with music by George Bruns and lyrics by Floyd Huddleston. It was nominated for a Grammy, a Grammy Award for Best Original Recording for Children, Robin Hood, uh, by Roger Miller and various art artists. That was the, I don't know what you want to say, CD of the whole uh, movie. Mm -hmm. The film was also nominated for a spot in the American Film Institute's 10 Top 10 by the American Film Institute in 2008 for the animated film list. Interesting. Yeah. The film has since become a fan favorite. Disney animator and director Byron Howard admitted that Robin Hood was his favorite film while growing up and cited it as a major influence on Zootopia. Here's a fun fact. It, it was also one of the many inspirations for the then-emerging furry fandom. So this is where some furries got their ideas from, this movie. Some of the characters from the film also cameoed in the 1983 Oscar-nominated featurette short Mickey's Christmas Carol. The song Love was featured in the 2009 feature film Fantastic Mr. Fox. The song Whistle Stop was sped up and used in the Hamster, Dan and, uh, hamster Dance, one of the earliest any internet means memes and later used at normal speed in Super Bowl in the Super Bowl for uh, 48 commercial for T-Mobile. The song Udalawi is featured in a 2015 commercial for Android which shows animals of different species playing together. 
In April of 2020, it was reported that Disney is developing a live-action-slash-CG hybrid remake of Robin Hood featuring the same kind of anthropomorphic characters as its 1973 film, with uh, Carrie Gardlin writing and Carlos Lopez Estrada directing, while Justin Springer will produce the film. The remake will be released exclusively on Disney+. Plus. The budget for the film was $5 million, or $33.4 million today, and the box office was $33 million, or $220.2 million today. The story was by Larry Clemens, Ken Anderson, Vance Jerry, Frank Thomas, Eric Clayworth, Julius Fedson, and David Michener. Edited by Tom Acosta and Jim Melton. Music by George Bruns. The runtime was 83 minutes. The cast included Brian Bedford as Robin Hood, Monica Evans as Maid Marian, with Nancy Adams as the singing voice, Phil Harris as Little John, Roger Miller as Alan Adale, Andy Devine as Friar Tuck, Peter Ustinov as Prince John, Ustinov also voiced Prince John in the German version of the film, and Ustav also voices King Richard. Terry Thomas as Sir Hiss, Carol Shelley as Lady Cluck, Pat Buttram as Sheriff of Nottingham, George Lindsay and Ken Curtis as Trigger and Nutsy, Billy Whittaker as Skippy, Dana Lorita as Sis, Dory Whittaker as Tagalong, Richie Sanders as Toby, John Feidler and Barbara Luddy as the Church of Nottingham Sexton and his wife, Luddy also voices Skippy, Sis, and Tagalong's mother, Mrs. Rabbit. Candy Candido as the captain of the Royal Guard. And J. Pat O'Malley as Otto the Blacksmith. Very nicely done. That's why we had Ashley take over reading the names, because that was done in about 30 seconds. Whereas with me, it, took, it would take about 30 minutes. I don't stumble very easily on yeah. names. Well, that was also your first time seeing it, and you got all my notes like that. Like, you picked up on everything. So I have here my first note for the plot. Yay, the return of the book opening. It finally came back. I'm so excited. I think we might have it a few more times coming up. I feel like it comes up more than we think it does on occasion. Yeah, but this this was great. And we even see a a human version of Robin Hood in the corner. And then we see uh, Alladale. Alan Alan Adale. I don't... I don't. The rooster. The rooster. <laughs> yeah. The singing rooster who's yeah. our narrator. Yeah. And he uh, he says, well, let me tell you, you know, a version of Robin Hood. But Alan, Alan Adale introduces the story of Robin Hood with Little John, the two outlaws living in Sherwood Forest, where they rob from the rich and give to the poor townsfolk of Nottingham, despite the efforts of the sheriff of Nottingham to stop them. And this, uh, in my notes here, because the summary was ver- was kind of short. I have listed two songs, one right after the other. The first song is uh, Whistle Stop, written and sung by Roger Miller. That's the voice of Alan Adale. And I wrote that it's not, uh, not only does this song take place during the opening title sequence, but that the sequence features the animated characters of the film with their corresponding voice actors. The song itself has no lyrics, but I enjoyed the new type of title cards and the voice actor credits. So I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Though the music on its own would probably only get a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I give the music a 4 out of 10. But I do agree that I like the title cards. But what also bothered me, it's just animation that's from 
later on in the film too those title cards that's what it is i didn't include it but there is so there was so much information about reused animation in this movie specifically in regards to little john evidently almost every little john scene is just reused stuff of baloo recolored to be little john um, you know what that wouldn't surprise me honestly they just reuse a lot of stuff in general in this film i feel like like they use a lot of like yeah well, we continued even, actions too we like, even talked about in bed knobs and broomsticks how um the um oh i can't remember his name but the lion that was the king mm-hmm. on that island they went to looks exactly like prince john except he had, except he had hair and he does he looks exactly like him and but then you have and but you also have king richard too and he looks kind of like that too yeah he just has a mane yeah. that's the only difference and we also mentioned or no we didn't mention but in my research all the mice were based off of um uh Roquefort or Winnie the Pooh, as I called him, from uh, uh, the Aristocats. Mm-hmm. So they just like reused a lot of Roquefort uh, running around for the animation for the mice in this. But, eh, you know, save a dollar. It makes it easier, yeah. you know, yeah. unless people... Um, did you have a, a score for, for the song? or Like I said, a four. Okay. Because I, the song didn't really do anything, but... And then we also have the song Udalawi, sung and uh, or written and sung by Roger Miller. And I wrote that this is the song that I... Re- uh, think of and remember from this film, though it has been years since I last watch it, watched it. The animation sequence is cool, and the song itself is very well sung, so I gave it an 8 out of 10. I feel that way about a lot of things. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's animated very well in this movie. And I did love the song. This is one of my favorites, so 7 out of 10. Okay. And then I also have a note here saying, Robin Hood's line, uh, We never rob, we just borrow from those who can afford it. And Little John's response of, borrow, boy, are we in debt. And that cracked me up. Like, it, it just made me laugh. Once again, we have, uh, what, what is his name? Phil Harris, I believe. Uh, yeah, Phil Harris is Little John. He was Baloo and he was yeah. uh, other characters. Same voice, uh, Thomas O'Malley. I was uh, yep. Same voice, but yep. <laughs> it works. Meanwhile, Prince John and his assistant, Sir Hiss, arrive in Nottingham on a tour of the kingdom. Knowing the royal coach is laden with riches, Robin and Little John rob Prince John by disguising themselves as fortune tellers. So my first note here says, Prince John's love of taxes is an allusion to the real Prince John. Historically, he enacted taxes on the common folk of England. Previous to him, the common folk did not pay taxes directly to the crown. Uh, They would pay to their liege lords or or whatever, and then he would pay the king. But Prince John said, no, taxes from everybody. Uh, This is the reason why he is always portrayed as a villain in Robin Hood tales. Though it should be noted, the uh, real reason that Prince John, later King John, uh, began taxing the commoners was because his brother, King Richard I, a.k.a. Richard the Lionheart, why they're lions, uh, needed funding for his holy war in Jerusalem during the Third Crusade. Well, when you gotta fund that war. Well, if you get into the real history, because Prince John also signed, or King John, I should say, signed the Magna Carta into law. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he violated it a lot <laughs> like there's a there's a lot of uh things with prince john uh, or king john whatever you want to call him on paper that are like wow it's really good but then you look at certain aspects of of his life and you're like oh he wasn't that great but then you look at king richard who was a terrible king but is always held up in such high regard uh in robin hood tales because just because of taxes Prince John and that's uh, all that mattered. I, it's just funny to me that like King Richard was actually a, historically a terrible king. Never even stepped foot in England as as king. He lived in Saxony until he decided to invade Jerusalem. But I'm getting off. I'm getting off on a tangent here. But it's just interesting to me that just because of taxes, 
Prince John is always a villain in Robin Hood stories. And then I have uh, a note here saying that you have to love Robin Hood and Little John's kissing of the royal rings and how they steal the jewels out of them. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. The embarrassed Prince John then puts a bounty on their heads and makes the sheriff his personal tax collector, who takes pleasure in collecting funds from the townsfolk, including hidden money from a crippled blacksmith, Otto, and a single farthing from a young rabbit, Skippy, who just received it as a birthday present. Chef is such yes, I he hate is. him so much. Yes. Um, and I have here song with a question mark listed because I wasn't sure how much you were going to go into the songs. The sheriff walks in singing two lines about people needing to pay their taxes, though I couldn't find anything about it being an official song. But given how Ashley listed Edgar and uh, George's little songs in the Aristocats, I figured I better point it out and I gave it a five out of ten. I also gave it a 4 out of 10. I did list that one. So you did. Okay. That one, one I not noted. Okay. Sometimes I don't note them when I'm like... Mm. There's another one later on that I think I have a song question mark there too for the same reason. I was like, you know what? She was so thorough with the Aristocats. I better I better check all... Sometimes I'm yeah. really thorough. Sometimes I'm like, uh, you know, who the hell cares? So, however, Robin Hood disguised as a beggar sneaks in and gives back some money to the family as well as his hat and bow to Skippy in honor of his birthday. Skippy and his friends test out the bow, but Skippy fires an arrow into the grounds of Maid Marian's castle. The children sneak inside, meeting Maid Marian and her attendant, Lady Cluck. Skippy rescues Marian from Lady Cluck, who pretends to be the pompous Prince John. Later, when she is alone with Cluck, Maid Marian reveals how she and Robin were childhood sweethearts but they had not seen each other for years, and Cluck consoles her not to give up on her love for Robin. Oh man, that possible unrequited love. <laughs> it's a Disney movie, it's requited. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I, you know, that's in- have we ever had a Disney movie with unrequited love? Maybe for like the villain? Like, Jafar's got it bad for Jasmine, but he's not really in love with her. No. We'll have, to, we'll have to pay attention to that, because I think, I don't know. Obviously, Hans didn't really love uh, Anna. But Anna or, loved him. Or excuse me, so not Hans. It was Hans. It was Hans. Okay. Yeah. But Anna kind of loved him or thought she did because mm. she's like, you know, naive and dumb. Love but, is like, an open door after all. Love is an open door. <laughs> but we'll have, to, we'll have to pay attention to that. Maybe in some of the Disney TV movies. And we might dive into those at some point. But meanwhile, Friar Tuck visits Robin and Little John, explaining that Prince John is hosting an archery tournament. And the winner will receive a kiss from Maid Marian. Robin decides to participate in the tournament disguised as a, as a stork, while Little John disguises himself as the Duke of Chertney to get near Prince John. And I have a note here saying I like how Prince John spoke uh, a little bit of French to Little John when he arrived. The royal family of England would have spoken French during this time period. And I also have a note saying Sir Hiss's balloon slash helicopter invention made me laugh. When he goes to patrol around and he's in the balloon and everything. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so good. I love that. I was like, what is... Like, I don't remember things like that one. Like, when we're rewatching these movies, I don't remember his being a little balloon. I'm yeah. Like, what a clever animation. Yeah. The only thing I love that, it. The only thing is, like, he breathes into it to make it float up more. <laughs> and then it's just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like, uh-huh. That's not how oxygen works, though, and helium and everything. Like, but... Yeah, they're anthropomorphic animals. I should let that slide. Sir Hiss discovers Robin's identity, but is trapped in a barrel of ale by Friar Tuck. 
<laughs> Prior Tuck being like good old homeboy. He's a he's a badass to say the least. Robin wins the tournament, but Prince John exposes him and has him arrested for execution, uh, despite uh, Maid Marian's pleas. And Little John threatens Prince John in order to re- release Robin, which leads to a fight between Prince John's Prince John's soldiers and the townsfolk. All of which escape to Sherwood Forest. I know this is one of your favorite scenes because of uh, uh, Lady Cluck coming in there during oh the fight. Oh my god, yeah. Lady Cluck just taking out those guards like a linebacker. Yeah, love her. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a Lady good fight Cluck scene. is the best character in this movie, hands down. <laughs> love her, MVP. <laughs> We don't give her enough justice. Where are my Lady Cluck plushies and pins? I need them. Fair enough. That's a good idea. As Robin and Maid Marian fall in love again, the townsfolk have a troubadour festival spoofing Prince John, describing him as the phony king of England, and the song soon become soon becomes popular with John's soldiers. So here we have two songs, Love, written by Floyd Huddleston and George Bruns, and sung by Nancy Adams. I wrote a song that I have complete that I had completely forgotten about, but is quite good. Also, the look that Robin and Marion give each other during the sequence rivals Simba and Nala in The Lion King. Eight out of ten. I was say I don't remember this song either. And it's like such a good love song. Yeah, I gave it a seven out of ten. Still not my favorite, but you know. Yeah, I mean it was nominated yeah. for an Oscar, so yeah, yeah, totally forgot it existed though. Yeah, same here. Udalalia takes on the. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And then we also have the song The Phony King of England, written by John Johnny Mercer and sung by Phil Harris. And I wrote down, in doing research for the movie, I discovered that this song was inspired by an English folk song, The Bastard King of England. It has a similar tempo, music, and even some of the... Uh, uh, it has a simpler, similar temp- tempo, music chords, and even some of the lyrics in certain points. All that being said, the song itself is pretty entertaining, and I gave it a 7 out of 10. Six out of ten, you're right. It's a good song. I didn't know that about it being inspired, but that's great. That yeah. just makes it better, to be honest. Yeah, the it, I think the Bastard King of England is about, like, Albert the Fourth or something like that. Yeah. But it, it still works. It works. Uh, yeah. It's fine. Enraged by the insult, Prince John triples the taxes, imprisoning most townsfolk who cannot pay. A paltry coin gets deposited into the poor box at Friar Tuck's church, which gets seized by the sheriff. And here we have the song Phony King of England Reprise, sung by Terry Taylor and Pat Burtman. And I wrote a little song just to carry the plot along and only a few lines, 6.5 out of 10. Yeah. I didn't really write that one down, actually. Surprise. Wow. And then we have Not in Nottingham, uh, written and sung by Roger Miller. And I wrote that this actually made me think of Johnny Cash's music, which I really enjoy. It's only a few uh, lines, but probably... My favorite song from the film so far, and I gave it a 9 out of 10. 7 out of 10. It was good. Okay. Uh, enraged that the government has meddled in, in his church, Friar Tuck lashes out at the sheriff, to which he, he is quickly arrested for attacking a, lawn, a lawman, interfering with the sheriff's legal duties, and high treason to the crown. Prince John orders Friar Tuck to be hanged, knowing Robin Hood will come out of hiding to rescue his friend and give the potential for Robin to be caught for a double hanging which by the way in the wiki uh it said for friar tuck to be hung uh no people aren't hung people are hanged a painting is hung just yeah. for the record well some people are hung but we won't go into 
<laughs> Not appropriate for this family-friendly podcast we are on right now. Maybe, maybe for this movie, since it inspired the furry community. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Oh, Pumpkin, you, you, take my place. You quit again. Tag yeah. team. You're doing a tag team match. Having learned of the plot, Robin and Little John choose to sneak uh, sneak in during the night, with Little John managing to free all the prisoners while Robin steals Prince John's taxes. But Sir Hiss awakens to find Robin fleeing. So here's the other song in question mark that I have here. Uh, bye bye Sheriff. Uh, Rockabye Sheriff, excuse me. Again, not really a song, but maybe Ashley will want to consider it. Just a few lines of Rockabye Baby. Five I don't out have of ten. this one written down either. <laughs> All right. Also, I have a few notes here. Prince John sleeps in the treasury because Robin says that he was heading for the treasury while uh, Little John rescues the prisoners. And then Prince John is in there sleeping. So I guess he's Prince... got to be cuddling with the coins. How else will they be saved? Yeah. And then Friar Tuck's line about uh, praising the tax rebate also cracked me up. Yeah. Just, yeah. He's... There's a good couple lines. Friar Tuck's great too. Yeah. Uh, chaos follows as Robin and the others try to escape to Sherwood Forest. The sheriff corners Robin after he is forced to return rescuing Tagalong, Skippy's little sister. During the chase, Prince John's uh, castle catches fire, and the sheriff figures he has Robin where he wants, either to be captured, burned, or to make, make a risky jump into the moat. The sheriff of Nottingham literally just sets fire to it. Like, yeah, he does. doesn't even give like no, you're right. castle going down like okay castles are made of stone but also a lot of burnable flammable things well the, nice callback to once upon a time there with right. the with rumple yeah very right. nice uh i wrote down that the fire and the music reminded me of prince philip's confrontation with maleficent at the climax of sleeping beauty like that's just what it made me think yep. of and then robin hood elects to jump little john and skippy Fear Robin is lost, but he surfaces safely after using Reed as a breathing tube. Sir Hiss says he tried to warn Prince John, and now look at what he did to his mother's castle, causing the prince to snap, to snap, exclaim, Mummy, and suck his thumb while chasing the terrified snake into the burning castle. Later, King Richard returns to England, placing uh, his brother, Sir Hiss, and the sheriff under arrest, and allows his niece, Maid Marian, to marry Robin Hood turning the former outlaw into an in-law. And I wrote, Though common in Robin Hood tales, King Richard never actually returned to England. In fact, he never lived in England as king. He was born and lived most of his life in Normandy, despite being king of England. And Normandy at this time was actually part of the English kingdom. Uh, we have the song Love slash Udalali reprise sung by a chorus, and it's just a few lines at the, uh, just a few lines at the end of the movie. And it's a blending of several of the other songs from earlier in the film, and it's done in classic Disney fashion. I and, like this blending of songs and gave it a 6 out of 10. I only gave it a 5 out of 10. Interesting. Um, so that's all I have for the summary. Uh, should we go into our overall scores then? Or? Yeah, sure. Okay, nothing else you want to... No. Okay. I wrote down, so this was one of my favorite Disney classics growing up, and it has a lot of good things to it, primarily the humor. The animation is good, but it's very clearly reused animation from other Disney films in certain parts. The songs are mostly enjoyable, but also mostly forgettable. The best thing about the film is the voice acting, in my opinion. And while I loved this movie as a child, I think it's just okay now. Uh, not something I didn't enjoy, but not something I would be in a rush to watch again. For that reason, I'm giving Robin Hood a 5 out of 10, a mid-level Disney film. 
Yeah, I remember liking this movie a lot as a kid, but I, you know, I'm thinking about it now. I think the loss of it, like loss of why you and I aren't like jiving with it as much now as adults, is it's kind of your classic like fairy tale, but it's also like there's no like the music's okay, but it's not great. The animation's good when it's new animation, but most of it's reused, so a lot of the animation's kind of eh. Yeah. The songs are okay, you know, the, a lot of it's good. Like, the voice acting's great, but also some of it's kind of eh, too. Like, none of it's really great. Like, there's nothing that sets us apart from, like, anything else we've really watched. I guess what sets us apart is it's not some racist or anything. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. We didn't get a content warning for this movie. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, good on that, I guess. Because yeah. that's the first movie in a while. We haven't gotten a weird content warning for Inter- something. Interesting that it's the first post-Walt movie and there's no And there's no content. <laughs> yeah. And there's <laughs> no that, content That might not warning. speak too well to Walt's character. I don't know. To be um, fair, I'm sure we'll, we're creeping up on more that have... Oh, most definitely. Even stuff that we grew up with as children. Today, yeah, it's like stuff from ooh. like the nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I gave it a five out of ten as well. It's not a great film, not a bad film. It's just very in the middle. Okay. Um, also, could possibly be because Disney films that we grew up with and further on are just better movies overall. That going back and watching this now kind of brings it down a little like maybe when there was less options it was a better movie i but, suppose but now going back and watching it, it's like eh, it's I, average you know like we've gone back and watched other things and i thought they were like pretty good like i liked aristocats a lot yeah like, that's true that's true but i think aristocats has its own kind of spark like i think this is i think you have the issue of like this is robin hood but it's also like Kind of reminds me of Sword in the Stone, because it's another, like, weird legend. Yeah. It's the same vibes. I'll be interested to see what they do with the uh, CGI remake. Honestly, I don't even want that. Like, don't give it to us. I don't want a CGI one. Why, you think Robin will be too sexy? No, I just think it's going to look weird. (laughs) I'm not going to like it. Possibly. All right, well, with all that said, this has been the Once Again Podcast. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com. Follow us on our social media accounts, Once Again Pod, all one word, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you'd like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. As always, a like, follow, or share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day. And remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you. Stiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description.